You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome to Prophet Pearls. This is Keith Johnson and Nehemia Gordon down in the deep, dark breaches of a basement on the side of a mountain in the land of Jerusalem. Uh, we are here actually recording on breakneck speed, but really having an amazing time, not only being uh, having our nose in the scriptures, but actually walking amongst the people in the land. It really is becoming amazing. Uh, we're trying to do our best to let you know about prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and that's exactly what we're about to do in this section in the book of Micah. Nehemiah, welcome back again. Shalom, Keith. Mm-hmm. I love this book, the book of Micah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to talk about this. You, you know, you're talking about the book of Micah, so I got to tell you something. We talked earlier about Isaiah and how I see him and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and we go through, and even Amos, but I have to tell you, I don't have an image for Micah. Can you help me? Like, Can you tell me something about this prophet? Um, so he's actually mentioned by Jeremiah, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Jeremiah, uh, chapter 26, verse 18. Mm-hmm. It says, um, here, let me read it to you in the JPS. Jeremiah is talking about the different prophets. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, uh, it says, uh, Micah the Morishtite, who prophesied in the days of Hezekiah of Judah, mm-hmm. said to all the people of Judah, thus saith Jehovah of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field. Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins and the Temple Mount a shrine in the woods. That was his famous prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're talking about there is, is if you if you have a negative prophecy, does that mean that you're a traitor against the government? Mm. Because that's what they were accusing Jeremiah of. And they said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Why is Jeremiah uh, um, you know, against against the the people, the, the kingdom of Judah, for prophesying that we're going to be punished? Uh, Micha the uh, Morashtite did that. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's him. He's a cool, you know, he's, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know that we have another, many other examples of one prophet who mentions another prophet in parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have Daniel mentioning Jeremiah, but Daniel's not in the prophets in the Tanakh. Daniel's mm-hmm. in the writings. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Well, the verse that we start out with, um, is, uh, verse seven, Micah yeah, five. By the way, that, that quote is from Micah chapter three, verse 12 in Jeremiah. Isn't that interesting? Like, we, wow. We, he's quoting a prophecy of Micah and we have the original, uh, in Micah chapter three, verse 12. That's cool. Wow. Wow. But so here we're Micah five. Yeah. And, and actually I got to tell you something. This in, in English, it starts out, um, in a, a word that I've used a lot. Uh, I really love this word. I honestly have to tell you, um, this English word, um, gives me an image that really, just makes me think a lot about um, not only what the future in terms of the remnant, he's the word the remnant, but so many people that I meet that I feel like when I, I, I meet them, I'm like, boy, they just look like, smell like, feel like, you know, act like the remnant. The remnant. And mm-hmm. it says here, then the remnant of Yaakov, the remnant of Jacob will be among many peoples. And then it gives the image that there will be among many peoples like dew from Yehovah, like showers on vegetation, which do not wait for man or delay for the sons of men. And I have to say, as I'm here, you know, we don't have anyone that's sponsoring um, this particular section uh, of the Prophet Pearls. Um, we're on our own on this one. But uh, we, we, I have to tell you, the people that have been sponsoring, and, and we really have wonderful groups of people that 
that uh, as groups and individuals that sponsored us. And our hope was that we'd be able to let them be able to take their time to write comments. But we had to send out a kind of a pretty urgent message in, in early February, realizing that we, we really wouldn't have time to do that. But we, I want to say something why about was that. Because, because we, yeah, the challenges that we faced, uh, yeah. that, that basically it, uh, China was censoring the Internet and we weren't able to record. Yeah, I mean, there was technology issues. It was, and it really the quality of it just wasn't there, Nehemiah, based on how yeah. we were there face to face. But I want to say something to the remnant. <clears throat> people, those that, that are that are sponsoring and along with us. Uh, we really do have a lot of people, literally thousands of people that are, are, are listening. And your comments are important. And you still have time to put those comments up. So so if you haven't, you know, um, given those to us, obviously, early, we really didn't have very many people at all that did that. But you do have really important comments. We want you to we want you to share those. I, I, could, I consider you the remnant. But here we're talking about a remnant of Jacob that's among many peoples. And, and, and again, the image of like dew from Yehovah, like showers of vegetation on which do not wait for man or delay for the sons of men. It goes on the next verse. Whoa, whoa, that no, no, I'm going to I'm going to just write, read it and then we'll go back. From, okay, we're going to go back. The remnant of Jacob will be among the nations. It says it again, among many peoples. There it is like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep. Which, if he passes through, tramples down in tears, and there is none to rescue. So he's giving images of what it looks like, this this remnant of people. Now well, go ahead and make well, that read scene. verse 8 now. Let's, yeah, let's okay. finish the prophecy. Okay. And then, um, uh, well, let's see. No, I said, I actually did just did verse 8 in English. You want me to do it in no, no. And there's none to say. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's verse 9 in the Hebrew. In yeah. Hebrew, it's verse 8. I'm looking at the Hebrew. Okay. Your hand will be lifted up against your adversaries. And all your enemies will be cut off. Okay. So that's this prophecy that ends in verse mm-hmm. 8 in the Hebrew, that 9 in the yep. English. Yep. Okay. So what's this? So first of all, this phrase in verse 6, kilvivim male esev, like, uh, how do you have that? Like showers upon the vegetation. Verse 7 in the English. Verse 7 in the English, which is verse 6 in the Hebrew. Um, you, you know, you translate it as showers upon the grass, that exact phrase. Showers on vegetation. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, in, yeah. Um, that exact phrase in Hebrew, kilvivim male esev. It appears in Deuteronomy 32.2 in the Song of Moses, and it's a pretty distinctive phrase. Mm-hmm. So it clearly is, you know, Micah is, is you know, he hasn't, he's prophesying and he, and he has this image in his head or, or this phrase is being taken from there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So uh, this is interesting. This is describing Israel. You know, we've read many times about Israel scattered among the nations. Jehovah will come and kibbutz them back. He'll gather them back. But I don't know that we've read many images like this. Where Jacob among the nations is like this lion that's going to, you know, destroy its enemies. That, mm-hmm. Isn't that appropriate that we're reading mm-hmm. this around the time of Purim? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we have Israel. There, there's an image of Israel among the nations as this victim about to be wiped out. And then Vinahafohu, it gets, it gets uh, turned, turned around, around, turned upside down. And the, the, um, the victim becomes the victor mm. and the, the persecuted becomes the, uh, you know, the defender and wipes out the enemy. And, and that's why to this day, Jews will, um, to kind of express that, will dress up in costumes. And I actually asked my niece the other day, she was dressed up as a little princess. And I said, so why? And she, she's uh, nine years old. Uh, I'm sorry. She's almost 10. Um, yeah, you must never say <laughs> Right. No. So she's almost 10. And I asked her, so why, Aviva, are you dressed up on Purim? Why Purim? And, you know, like, wh- wh- why dress up? And she said, well, because nahafohu, and she quoted the Hebrew because, you know, she's a little Israeli girl, and, which means the opposite happens. Um, and, uh, you know, and so she says, we do we do the opposite of what we do in daily life. In daily life, I'm not a princess, so now I'm dressed like a princess. Mm. So, um, but yeah, uh, but here's an image of, of, of sort of a Purim situation, which is not a common image in the talk. Can you, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So in other words, the in other words, the idea is uh, this is a, probably a bad example. No, I'm not going to use that. Israel's have, a lion among the sheep. Yeah, in other words, it's for the, Yeah, yeah. And but it, the point, I, I guess, the point, and he says it twice among many peoples, and here it says among the nations. So not, not now we're talking about them not necessarily being amongst the people of Israel, but rather being amongst all sorts of different nations. So that like they're the they're the ones that are that are um, what's that called again? Uh, when you're a uh, What's that called? A cell. A cell. <laughs> cell. No, cells. Of, in other words, like they're, they're groups of people all and like and I get the image of them being all over the world, not just in one place. Well, yeah, they're yeah. amongst the nations. And the point here is that he's saying, you know, lift up your hand against your enemies and all your enemies will be cut off. This is really the image of Purim. And this is not you know, like we have this image we've talked about before where Israel is among the nations and they'll be sifted out. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that's more familiar to me from the p- history of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, Israel scattered among the nations and Yehovah is doing this kind of sifting out. We've got the Holocaust and we've got the pogroms and we've got the inquisitions and, and you know, mm-hmm. and the Jews just keep getting whittled down, whittled down again and again and again. And that's a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. But then here, this image of Israel among the nations and, and – um, Wiping out other nations who are who come up against us as enemies—that's that, mm. not an image yeah. we see a lot of. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and here I got to think this isn't much. This prophecy hasn't really been fulfilled much in the past. This might be one coming for the future. Oh. This might be for today and tomorrow. But you you mentioned Purim. I mean, they, they were. There's one the, example. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're amongst the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it says your hand will be lifted. But here's the remnant of Jacob. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that would apply to Purim exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, that's an image of it. But here I'm thinking, and I could be wrong. This is an end times prophecy. Um, a future prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled yet, mm-hmm. and we don't actually see it in history very much, mm-hmm. or even at all. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, can I ask? I, this is this is kind of a uh, this is kind of a grammatical question. Yeah. Um, but but what I like about it in English, it says your hand will be lifted up. Now I think uh, it's it's it sends the message that um, it doesn't say you will lift your hand up. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Your hand will be lifted up, but that's not grammatically what it looks like it's, it's happening here. So my question is, when it says your hand will be lifted up, if I read it that way, then that kind of means there's sort of a passive thing. You know, yeah. your hand will will be lifted up. But what do you see here grammatically? Yeah, as in far Hebrew, as it's not impassive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, so, However, it is um, adjustive. Mm-hmm. And so um, the subject could actually, and here we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. how you have the four prefixes of of uh, hebrew mm-hmm. uh, verbs in the, in the called the eitan letters alf yud tav nun mm-hmm. and the tav means you or she mm-hmm. and so you could read tarom as you will lift up yadcha your hand and mm-hmm. yadcha your hand is the object mm-hmm. or tarom yadcha is your hand will lift up mm-hmm. um and then and then your hand is the uh, subject and, and the point is that tav and tarom could be you will lift up or she will lift up mm-hmm. um in both cases it's an active verb mm-hmm. Your hand is the act is the is the subject of the sentence according to the other one meaning mm-hmm. and that's how they're interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for English style, they're switching it to passive. But mm-hmm. your hand, she will lift up against your enemies is literally mm-hmm. what it says. Mm-hmm. Awesome, or one way of reading it. Yep, and, um, and 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 actually, it's interesting. It doesn't say here against your satans. No, it's just tsarecha. Yeah, your enemies. Your enemies. Your, your, yeah, and all your enemies will be cut off. Yeah, another mm-hmm. word for enemy. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Then we get this phrase, Nehemiah, that I love when I hear it. Um, and it's three little letters, three little words in English, in that day. In that mm-hmm. day. I don't know how many times it shows up. You could probably tap, tap, tap. Mm-hmm. But when we I'll say it will be in that day, you know, that 
that phrase kind of makes my antennas um, raise up, you know, because I, I... I've got that exact phrase uh, 30, uh, 34 times in the Tanakh. Is that not impressive, folks? Did yeah. you see how oh, quick wait, that was? No, that could second. be a record. That could be so, a record. Well, no, so there's different <laughs> forms of it. There's Vayihi Bayom Hu, and it was on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, what we want is Vahaya uh, Bayom Hu, and mm-hmm. it will be on that day. Mm-hmm. So for that, I need to do something a little bit different. So oh, boy. Take, it's going to take me a minute. Oh, boy. Um, we've... Got to so go on. While okay. I'm well, again, the reason that I'm thinking of it is that is is because when I hear that word in that day, I ask myself, mm-hmm. is there any other day that we're not waiting with more expectation? Okay, Thirty-two times where it's that exact phrase. In yeah. Hebrew, and it shall come to pass on that day, or it, it literally it will be on that day. Yeah. And what is in that day? Um, that day is yeah, the like great and terrible day of Yehovah. Is that the day we're talking about? Is that the day that we're That's talking about? That's usually what it is. Well, not necessarily. It could be other things too. Okay. But it says in that day declares Yehovah. Neum Yehovah saith Yehovah that I will cut off your horses from among you and destroy your yeah. chariots. Yeah. In other words, whatever you're depending on, whatever you think is your strength, mm-hmm. you know, if you you you've got this, uh, yeah, you know, horses and chariots. Can and I images. Just say one more thing right about the about phrase that, that mm-hmm. you, you focused on? Mm-hmm. And it shall come to pass on that day. So I'm looking 32 times that appears that exact phrase, and the first time it appears is Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, then it appears in Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Micah, Zephaniah, Zechariah. And what do all those have in common? So in Hebrew, we have this block of, uh, of, of books mm-hmm. called the Latter Prophets. You yes. know, we're doing prophet pearls, and we have Torah, Nevi'im, Tuvim. We have Torah, Nevi'im, Tuvim, Torah, or, or instruction, prophets, and writings. But among the prophets, there's a division in the Hebrew between the former prophets and the latter prophets. The former prophets are the history books. Mm-hmm. Um, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. Mm. And then you have the latter prophets. There's four latter prophets, just like there's four former prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the Twelve. Mm-hmm. And the Twelve in Hebrew is actually one scroll. It's, it's funny. Twelve you know, books. In, in, in our scroll. tradition, we call them the minor prophets. Oh, the minor prophets. Because they're, they're small, small, I guess. Yeah, but they're okay. not minor. They're not minor. <laughs> no. So it's only in the latter prophets that we have this phrase, and it shall come to pass on that day. It's, wow. That's, that's interesting. I've yeah. never noticed that. 30 that times. A, you know, i got to tell you something. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun, Nehemiah, because, you know, we'll be... We'll be going through and we're studying. And, and folks, it really is, a, it really is a, it's almost like uh, when you're running. Uh, I've, I've been a runner in the past and you, you get running and, and after a while, it doesn't hurt. It begins to become a, a good feeling. It's like they say endorphins are released as you exercise or as you're running. And, and the more we read and the more we talk, I, I'll tell you what's happening here. I'm, I'm, I'm telling Nehemia, oh, we got to do more. We got to do more. And I think it's because the endorphins of scripture have taken over my body and my mind. Literally, Nehemia, like I'm, I'm at a point right, like right now. I'm, I'm about to hit the wall. No, he's about to hit the wall, and I'm like, "Come on, Nehemia, we can do more." Because as you read, you know, and I, this is really my third time through these sections, and and in the third time, it's getting better. There's more thoughts. There's more ideas. It's just it's 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 a phenomenal experience. When you say the third time, you mean meaning for me when you were in preparing, preparing it, you yeah. It so there were three, okay. yeah. Me, me alone, and then in interacting with yeah. others, and and then finally getting here and, and kind of you know the lights, camera, and action are on, and we're behind the recorder, and and there are just things that. I didn't think about that. Now I'm thinking about, and I think a lot of it is just because we're here, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we're physically here, but, and it seems so real. It seems like we're like looking at it in 3d. Um, yeah. but it says, I will cut off the cities. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the horses from among you and destroy your chariots, uh, kind of as signs of strength, you know, the, the signs of the things maybe that people depend of on human strength. Yeah. Of human strength. <clears throat> so those things will be cut off. Then it says, I will also cut off the cities of your land and tear down 
all of your fortifications. And I got to be honest, you know, you got to get this ebb and flow back and forth. You said we're doing about 12%, 15% of the profits, um, what we're actually going through. So you and I are going to go through a total of 52, 54. 54 sections. 54 sections, and that's only 12%. You know, but to really understand of it the and, profit section. of the profit section, but I'm saying, well, there's this ebb and flow. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to see. And it, it, you really, you, you know, you really have to kind of get the the overall picture. And I don't know um, how to do it other than just read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just read and, and and see what's going on. But that's what he's saying here. But then it says, not only am I going to cut off the cities in uh, English, it says here. I'm going to cut off the sorceries from your hand. That's the word that's used. That's a um, different verse. I think you're mixing Eleven? Verses. No, eleven? So there's a series of things he's going to cut off. He's going to cut off the horses. He's going to cut off the city. He's going to cut off the sorceries. It's the next verse. He's going to cut off the idols. Right. So it's verse 11 in the Hebrew. I assume it's 12 in the English. Yep, it's 12 in the English. Okay. I will cut off your sorceries from your hand. Yeah. You have no, and you and you will have, and then it uses the word. <laughs> I don't know what's Neonanim, which yeah. is um, uh, diviners. Are they fortune tellers, Nehemiah? Fortune tellers, diviners, people who prophesy the future and, you know, look up to the stars and, and tell the future based on, you know, constellations in the heaven and, you know, certain, um, what do you call those? But uh, you're making that up. So you mean you tell me like, no. so someone like, uh, you know, looks at the patterns of what's going on and then says this is what's going to happen, that that's, they're considered like a fortune teller. That's, yeah, that's a... Well, that, that's, what's well, the technical that, term here? Let's use the technical well, term. So, so I, if we want to get technical, we've got to go to Deuteronomy 18. Can we do that? Yeah, that's what I'd like to All know. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy 18. And it's funny, just before we re- started recording, I said, Keith, I got nothing on this. Yeah, yeah. You guys, it's the funniest <laughs> thing. I'm going to tell a funny story about Nehemiah. So while he's looking for that, um, one of the I reasons that I was... Yeah. No, one of the reasons that I was excited to do this is that I, I don't think people um, really... Unfortunately, they don't get a chance to really interact with um, people that maybe come from a different perspective, especially as it pertains to the Hebrew Bible. Just because I don't think can I can I say this? I, I want to be really sure. honest. I think that a lot of people who know Hebrew, who actually know how to read it, um, aren't so interested in having conversations with people that don't come from their their same their same um, theological background mm-hmm. and their religious background, and and so it really is kind of a sad a sad story that 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 folks literally have to either change who they are to get access and you've never asked for that you've never asked for people to actually have to get on board you know become a care right before i will uh, share the, share this with you uh you know become be, be, be just like me and, and think like me and act like me probably the reason that you get in so much trouble is because if anything it's the exact opposite that you want to give people the information and you don't put it upon them to have to jump through some hoops before they can get that information. But one of the things that I do, and I do it on purpose, is that I, I, I do a lot of setups in these. I just have to confess it. I mean, I do a lot of setups where I'm like, okay, how can I get him to talk about this? And before, and you'll say, yeah, Keith, I just don't know. I don't have a lot here. I'm like, right. No, you're going to have more than you can imagine. <laughs> so right. I got these little setups, and this is one of them. I want you to talk sure. about the, um All right. So, this. and we talked about this in the original Torah Pearls, which mm. you can find in nechemiaswell.com and uh, bfainternational.com. So he's talking here in Deuteronomy 18 about prophets, and there's going to be a prophet from among you, and there'll also be a false prophet. Mm-hmm. Beware of him. But then the context here is how the peoples of the of the land of the you know the the, the heathens, mm-hmm. the pagans, um, what they do is they they don't even go to prophets. What they do is they go to these fortune tellers, mm. these people who uh, you know look at the heavens and they and they you know predict what's going to happen. Man, this is a great um, word, Nehemiah. This and, is a great word. This yeah. is five twelve. This is a great word. Go ahead. Yeah. So hold on. It's in Deuteronomy eighteen. I just had it a second ago. Um, 
had it, then you started talking. I'm sorry, folks. I, I apologize. <laughs> in five, well, do your thing. Tap, tap. Come on. Tap, tap. Right. Um, okay. Hold on a second. It's here. In, oh, here it is. In verse 14, it says, for the, these nations which you are going to inherit them, uh, they, they um, uh, let's see, they, they go to the Onanim and the Kosmim they listen to. Mm-hmm. So Onanim are, and, and there's some question what, what the exact nuance of each of these terms is. Like, for example, some say Onanim mm-hmm. are those who look at the clouds to tell the future. Mm-hmm. And Kosmim we translate, I suppose in modern Hebrew we translate it as a magician, but it's more specifically somebody who uses magic mm-hmm. to tell the future or to control the supernatural. Um and then there's a list of specific things or, or types of this magic, mm-hmm. um, which I think we just skipped. Uh-uh, no, is where, you... where, where, where is that? Oh, here it is. It's verse uh, verses uh, 10 and 11. This yep. is almost like a menu. Yep. It's a list of these different things. It says, there shall not be a found among you one who passes his son or his daughter through the fire. That's the molech worship, mm-hmm. the human sacrifice. It says, kosem ksamim, uh, 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 a magician, uh, someone who performs magic, mi'onen, uh, someone who. What are you reading right now? Verse ten of, of Deuteron- Deuteronomy eighteen. Oh, of Deuteronomy eighteen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking, you said. What, okay, go ahead. Yeah, you wanted yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, basis yeah. of in the yeah. Torah of what he's talking yeah. about is yeah. Deuteronomy eighteen, verse ten, uh, and it says meonen and uminachesh umichashef, which is one who looks at clouds and one who divines and one who performs uh, a, a witch. You wow. can translate as wow. chaver, which is some other kind of magic. They say it has to do with bones, and he who asks the the. The ghost, the familiar spirit, and one who seeks the dead. Mm-hmm. And basically what this is talking about is these different ways of predicting the future or controlling the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's by, you know, you know, using the bones of animals or, or looking at livers or things mm-hmm. like that, various pagan things. And then Isaiah 47 speaks about this as well. I'll just read mm-hmm. that real quick. He says, um, 47, I'll read in verse 12. Stand up with your spells and your many enchantments on which you labored since youth. Mm. Perhaps you'll be able to profit. Perhaps you'll find strength. You are helpless despite all your art. Um, and the word art there actually in Hebrew is, is um, you know, he's talking about, um, you know, this knowledge they have that they use to try to predict the future. Let them stand up and help you. The scanners of heaven, the stargazers who announce month by the month scanners of whatever heaven. will come upon you. And so what we had there is people back then who would look up in the sky and they would say there's a certain alignment taking place and based on this alignment and based on this this you know based on this um omen in this heavens yes. this we know this is going to happen or that's going to happen and they would d- use this to predict the future and really to just terrify people so that they could control them mm-hmm. and he's talking here about how you know he's speaking against them and I love verse 14 of Isaiah 47 who ties it in he says see they are become like straw fire consumes them they cannot save themselves from the power of the flame there's uh this is no coal for warming oneself no fire to sit by they're really going to get burned the people who you know make these predictions by looking Mm -hmm. up at the heavens and Mm -hmm. and um you know make predictions based on um you know how what's going to happen in the future based on alignments and things Mm -hmm. like that yeah well you know i think we call that astrology yeah and and it's funny because and you know the english word they use often is the word sorcerer Mm -hmm. and 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 when you they use the word sorcerer you can kind of it's almost like the english is doing this and maybe i might be going a little far i don't want to think it's a conspiracy but it's almost like you by using the word sorcerer you're like well that's the the days of you know whatever i I think what it is 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 it's something that's really easy to to identify and 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 sort of demonize which is Mm -hmm. like let's say harry potter and actually, exactly, you know, I hate and, that. And, in my, and, and the point of Isaiah 47 and Deuteronomy 18, what we just read, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't always look like Harry Potter. Sometimes it looks like something much more familiar, much, you know, it might be something who's, you know, that, that looks like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to come. I'm gonna, I mean, can, can I just, can I throw under the bus the people I'm thinking about? 
we've got these Kabbalists who will come along in my tradition and they'll look up and they'll say there's this, you know, this in the constellation. And there's, you know, and, and they'll bring you some ancient Jewish source, um, which was doing the same sort of thing because mm-hmm. um, there is ancient Jewish magic mm-hmm. and, and it's a sin. It's against the will of God. But they'll bring this to you and say, look, this is what our ancient rabbi said. And, and generally it tends to be these Kabbalists and they'll say, you know, and then there's this, you know, thing with the moon that's going to happen. And there's these other alignments and there, you know, and they'll do this to try to predict the future. And anytime somebody looks up at the stars of heaven and, and is telling you, I'm going to predict the future based on that, that it doesn't have to be Harry Potter. That's biblical necromancy and, or not necromancy, but magic and, and divination. Divination wow. is the broadest term. Wow. Um, wow. That's Kosem Ksamim in Hebrew. Yeah. Well, that, you know, again, yeah. it's, there it is. I mean, as we saying right. in Micah, he's saying that, um, and the point in Micah is, look, these, you don't want to rely on me. You want to rely on yourselves on your, you know, mm-hmm. you want, you want to, you know, get this information about what's going to happen in the future, not through me, but through looking up at the stars of heaven and figuring it out for yourself. Man, oh man. And isn't it something that we're talking about ancient times and the modern times? Yeah. You know, wow. Okay. Um, five thirteen. The next thing he's going to cut off, it's the third thing he's going to cut off. Yeah. I will cut off your carved images. Mm-hmm. And it says the Asherecha, your Asher, mm-hmm. Asherah was the goddess who was represent, yep. represented by a tree. Yep. And your sacred pillars from among you so that you will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. Man. What are you reading? You're reading no, a different I'm 13? Verse. No, that's oh, 13. I'm in 13 in the Hebrew. You're in 13 in the English. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Now we're going to get to the Asherim. You keep saying, okay. what are you reading? That's the wrong one. You, you, look. Look, okay. I don't have the English here. I'm just okay. looking at the Hebrew. <laughs> okay, so folks, uh, as you're listening to this, bear, bear with us on here. So yeah. I have to read 13 before I can get to 14, but that's actually 12. <laughs> so, but I'm saying, first he's saying about these fortune tellers and yeah. sorceries. He's talking about what he's going to cut off. Then he goes from cutting off to rooting out. And that's the verse that you're talking about mm. there. He says, I will root out your Asherim from among you and destroy your cities. Yeah. Mm. Okay. We talked about that before. Yeah. Um, and I will execute vengeance and anger and wrath on the nations which have not obeyed. And you're about to have a switch here before we get to six one. Is there anything, Nehemiah, that when you're reading through this, and, and, and I will say, again, the, the endorphins, as I mentioned to you, they're kind of taken over for me. You know, it's it's like literally we, you know, um, I just. Here's what, what strikes me yeah. about this passage. Yeah. So he's talking about what I would call, you know, the end times, the great mm-hmm. and terrible day of Yehovah. And, and I'm saying that in a very general sense mm-hmm. because. Within that, there are subdivisions of things that will happen at different times. But generally, we're talking about some kind of end time scenario. And he's talking about, you know, there's going to be people who are, you know, performing uh, divination and magic. And wait a minute. You know, the, the image we here's what I was taught growing up that in the ancient days, we used to worship idols. But God came and blinded Satan or the Yetzir Hara, the rabbis call him. We blinded Satan, and ever since then, we've never had this desire to worship idols. And so now we deal with, you know, we deal with gossip against our neighbor, and we deal with, you know, really minor things. Who says this? This is what I was taught growing up. Really? This is a rabbinical doctrine that that in ancient times there was idolatry, but now we're only dealing with the stuff we're dealing with is peanuts compared to what they had to deal with in biblical times. And I read this, and I realize, wait a minute, what I was taught is completely false. We're dealing with biblical idolatry up until the end times. It's not going to go away. It's going to it's going to be there, and that's going to it's not going to be cut off until that until that day. Mm. And I look around and I say, well, where is that today among God's people? And when you look, then all of a sudden you find it. You find it. It's there. It's, it's there. there. It's masqueraded as other things. You know, they'll say it'll be a you know a holy rabbi who's studying an ancient Hebrew text. But it's but it turns out he's no different than the ancient magician. And I, and I gotta say something you mentioned earlier, Nehemiah. You kind of slip. You kind of said it. You're talking about Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know Kabbalah. how these Kabbalah. 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 You talk about Kabbalah. 
And and you know what? And it, it really. Um, I, and I have to be careful about this. I want to be sensitive, but you you do see how those things in, sneak the, their way in, sort of like. Uh, and, and it says this, or they might even tell you where it comes from. And you know, and our ancients taught us. You know, our history says, and you can say it in those words, in those phrases. You know, ancient ancient um, sages said. And, and I, when I see that, that sort of sometimes is code language. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's code language for that kind of thing that I think that's absolutely something that we don't want to be and, part and of. my approach as a Karait Jew, of course, you know, in full disclosure, I'm, I'm a Karait Jew. Uh, when I look at the ancient writings of Jews, I always check it against Scripture. If it doesn't, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. I'm liking that. If it doesn't yeah. fit Scripture, it doesn't matter if it was you know, spoken by someone who predates Moses. I mean, think about that. The fact that Moses is telling us not to perform these forms of divination and magic means there were people who were doing them. Mm. Um, you know, and, and one of the fights I've had with, with my Jewish brothers and sisters, not all of them, but some, is that they'll go to the grave of a rabbi and they'll pray to that rabbi asking for intercession before God. And I say, wait a minute, Deuteronomy 18 speaks about seeking the dead, why are you praying to a dead rabbi? And that's a little off topic. Well, the point is that, you know, it, we can delude ourselves and tell, tell ourselves, well, you know, today we're only dealing with the minor issues. The big issues were in biblical times. That, that's mm. what my people have said. And in reality... No, we, we've got the same issues they have had back then, and in some ways they're worse mm-hmm. because they, they are you know they, they pretend to look like something holy. Um, although back then they looked like they were something holy too. It was just a different thing, mm-hmm. um, you know. And the point is, you're not gonna you're not gonna when you actually face it, it won't look like Harry Potter. Mm. It'll look like a rabbi with side locks who looks really holy and 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 um, and righteous. But he's performing divination and magic. Mm-hmm. He'll be speaking about Torah. He'll be throwing out Torah words and phrases. He'll be using cute little, uh, you know, blessings mm-hmm. and benedictions and and phrases. But in the end, when you look at ultimately what he's saying, mm-hmm. he's trying to predict the future by looking up at the stars of heaven and the moon and the sun. That uh, that's then we call that divination. Okay. Yeah. Before we go to six one, there's something I want us to sh- teach people if we could. And this is Please. this is this is well, actually, when I say by teach them, I want to just bring it as an issue. So we've had this struggle. We make jokes about it back and forth. Which verse are we in? Are we in fourteen? Are we eleven? Are we you know, we'll go back and forth. But yeah. in the Hebrew text, there's really some uh, some signs. Like I call them road signs in Hemia, um that are there. And and one of them is I just want to ask you how you interpret this when you see a samik, the letter samik at the end of a verse. Samach. What does samach? Okay. Yeah. Look, it's Samach for me, okay? That's what Samach. they taught me at the seminary, okay? okay? So when you see that Samach or a Samach, um, what does that say to you when you're reading in the text? So first of all, let's back up. When I read in the Hebrew manuscripts and the Aleppo Codex and the Leningrad Codex mm-hmm. and the Damascus Crown and these manus- Hebrew manuscripts, um, I won't see a Samach and mm-hmm. I won't see a Pe. Mm-hmm. And, and just for those who don't know, there's there's two types of paragraph divisions in, mm-hmm. in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew manuscripts, there are no uh, chapter numbers, uh, I guess you could argue there are in the book of Psalms that there's mm-hmm. chapters. Mm-hmm. But there's no chapter divisions. There's no um, there's no verse numbers in the original Hebrew text. There are the verses are divided, but mm-hmm. they're not numbered. Yes. Um and uh so in our printed Hebrew Bibles and in your computer program you have a thing where it says Samach and it says Pei mm-hmm. to tell you that there's different types of chapter divisions. Mm-hmm. And and the Samach is called the um Parashastuma, uh, the closed portion, mm-hmm. and the Ptucha, the open portion. And that actually just describes the type of paragraph division. So a closed portion means what you actually see in the manuscript isn't a Samach. What you see is there's an end of a section and then a space, mm-hmm. and the next section begins on the same line of the manuscript. Mm-hmm. A Ptucha, I'm sorry, that's that's the Stuma, yeah. The Ptucha means 
or the pay means that in the manuscript there'll be the end of the chapter, end of the section, end mm-hmm. of the paragraph, mm-hmm. and the next paragraph begins on 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 the next line, mm-hmm. meaning it's open that that space op- is open. It goes all the way to the end of the line, mm-hmm. um, and it's been argued that the the open paragraph mark is 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 a bigger break than the closed paragraph mark. That's not entirely clear. Mm. Um, what is clear is that these paragraph divisions. They tell us more or less, um, and it's not so straightforward, but they tell us more or less that here's the end of one prophecy, here's the beginning of the next prophecy. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes in the middle of the prophecy, there'll be subdivisions like that. Mm-hmm. We even have examples, it's rare, but we'll have a division like that in the middle of a verse. It's mm-hmm. called Piskab Emsa Pasuk. Mm-hmm. That happens as well. And that usually is for a, some sort of emphasis. Um, well, what I appreciate yeah. about it is, is, is that if, when I've got my English Bible and then I've got the Hebrew text open, and then I yeah. see that, I, I, and then I, that's where I kind of say, well, that's a good, like I, I say, it's like a pause, you know, right. or something. It's something. definitely a pause. Yeah. And so, for example, in what we just read, um, we started, what verse did we start in, actually? I'm so confused by the verse numbers. Um, it depends on what you want to oh, say. Oh, we English. started in verse 8 in the Hebrew, which was verse 9 in the English. No, verse 7 in the English. The remnant verse, of Jacob I, So I'm looking seven. right now, and it says... Uh, Oh, seven. oh, oh, you're right, you're right. I'm right. Wait, don't stop the recording. Hold on, just a no, second. This is no, no, wait, this, this is, has never happened Hold on, before. folks. <laughs> we need to stop the recording, okay? We're going to stop the recording. <laughs> Nehemia just said, no, Keith, you're right. And he didn't even have an explanation after it. You just happen to be right sometimes. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just messing with you. All right. No, you're, so you're absolutely right. All right, so chapter... 5 verse 6 in Hebrew, mm-hmm. which is verse 7 in English, begins a new section. And how do right. I know? Because before that, between 5 and 6 is a samach mm-hmm. in this text. In the manuscript, what I'd actually see would be a space in the middle of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it tells me there's a new thought there. It actually, in many instances, especially in the prophets, indicates this is a new prophecy. Mm-hmm. And often you'll say, but wait a minute, this is a continuation of the last prophecy. Why do you, you know, or the last section, why do you say it's a new prophecy? And what, what tends to happen is the prophet will, pro- will, will um, the way it's arranged in many sections very often is there'll be a certain subject he's prophesying on, and maybe he prophesied at you know thirty different occasions, and he'll take those different prophecies and he'll put them next to each other, yep. so you can read them as a, as a running or text. We see that, but they're yeah. but they're different. They're actually different prophetic occasions. Yes, and again, I, I go back to um, Jonah who prophesied, and it was forty days in Ninveh is overthrown. It was a four four word prophecy in mm-hmm. Hebrew. Um, and by the way, can I just talk about something completely off topic real quick? So I don't know if you know this. But today, as we're recording this, or, or recently, I, I don't know if it was actually today. I, I heard about it today. The um, ISIS terrorists in um, in uh, Iraq have destroyed an ancient Assyrian site. Um, I think it's called Nimrud, mm-hmm. which is just the Arabic pronunciation of Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to wonder if it's not that men- city mentioned in um, possibly in in, um, in the Book of Genesis, uh, and. Um, and then, and then they said in the news how they're they're physically destroying the ruins because they want the only culture in the world to be Islam, and the ancient culture that existed there to them that has to be wiped like, like literally they're grinding it into dust. Mm. And and they said they also have already done this, and I didn't know this. They already have done this to Nineveh, mm-hmm. uh, the ancient Assyrian capital, the one that where Jonah walked through the streets. ISIS has now come and ground the ruins of Nineveh into the dust. Let me tell you something, Nehemia. That's really interesting. breaks my heart. The as verse, as someone with the, a degree the in verse, the verse before the verse we start actually. Yeah. He says, they will shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword, the land of Nimrod at its entrances. Mm-hmm. It's actually the verse before and today, five, six. Nimrod has been destroyed. It's been destroyed. Or, or and they showed, they showed yeah. video of them actually going to some of the ancient um, things that were there and actually taking sledgehammers and smashing them and cutting them. And You know, Jonah's tomb. 
uh, the tomb of Jonah. They destroyed they it. Dest- they blew it up, and that was on the video. And you know, and, you know I, I got to yeah. be honest with you, Nehemiah. When you bring this up, and, and you know, you know, I'm not trying to pick a fight, but this is where I just say, you know, when do you when do you say, you know, they've done enough damage? You know, you've, you just got to go in there and and, and do what you got to do. I mean, I guess blasting back to the Stone Age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what they're dealing with is is these people are hiding behind behind civilians, mm-hmm. and and they're you know they actually learned this from the Palestinians, um, and so they're actually and they're literally the I heard an interview today with the the guy in the Iraqi army. He's like, what do you want us to do? They're you know this is really difficult. They're hiding behind civilians, and they're using them as human shields. And these are our civilians. You know, he's he's Iraqi. You know, he's he's they're trying to liberate these areas of Iraq that were conquered by ISIS and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, you know, and here's what happens. You, you know, America pulled out and left this power vacuum and left mm-hmm. behind these guys who couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. they just, they destroyed the Iraqi government. And then they came in and occupied the country. And there was this weak gov- uh, army that couldn't defend itself. And these terrorists, they take over. I mean, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, my prayer goes out that Yehovah will smite these, these evildoers and, and, and crush mm-hmm. them. And, and, and um, but maybe they're there for a purpose. I don't know what that purpose is, but. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. and and then I then I go then I think wait a minute all right my, as someone with a degree in archaeology it breaks my heart to hear about um, what they're doing to the archaeology but then I think wait a minute what are they doing to the humans mm-hmm. they're you know selling them as slave as sex slaves mm-hmm. and they're cutting off their heads and they're burning them alive why because they're not Muslim um, or sometimes they're Muslim but they're part of the wrong Muslim denomination mm-hmm. I mean literally they're doing that yeah. I mean these guys are just evil. Yeah. <clears throat> boy, oh boy. Well, when a uh, reason I brought up yeah. issue earlier about the uh, Samach and uh, yeah. the, the, the so chapter six, verse yeah, one is a new it, section. It becomes a new section. But before we go to that section, Hemia, yeah. if it's all right, I just want to take a little quick, um, a little quick break, um, yeah. and I want to give a little testimony. You know, this is a ministry minute. Testify. Okay. Um, you know, I want to say to people that as they're listening, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm really enjoying this. I enjoy, be, you know, the. Of everything we've done, we've been many, many places, we've done many things, we've traveled many places, we've spoken to many people, but the number one thing that I enjoy, Nehemiah, uh, when I'm with you is actually to study the Word of God. And mm-hmm. and the reason for that is because that, for me, is the foundation. You know, that is the that is the basis for which how I apply my life. And people make assumptions about my background and your background and what you do and I do. I'll leave that up to them. But one of the things about me is that when I learn something in the Word of God, I want to apply it in my life. And that's that really has been what's exciting. And that's part of what I'm doing with the BFA is what we want to do is like we have all these videos and we've got all these things that you can look at and listen at. But all of them are to lead you back to having an encounter with God, the God of Scripture. And and, and then let that let that be the thing that ultimately challenges you about how you're going to change your life. But I want to say something. I want to confess this. You know, I'm getting older. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm past my 35s, you know. I'm getting older, and I, I really have made a commitment that until my last breath, I want to learn everything I can about what he's provided for us that we can learn. And I kind of take that approach with the BFA, that whether it's a video, whether it's an interview, whether it's profit pearls or whatever, I want to take the perspective as that person that's listening that's saying this, okay, I'm willing to ask the question, I don't know. I'm willing to go and put myself in a position where I really do have to seek it, understand it, and apply it in our life. So everything that we're doing right now, especially this summer, is to help people so that they can interact with it themselves. But I want to make this confession. This isn't always easy. 
Um, this is not, I mean, listen, it's a lot. Can I say this? It's a lot more exciting to just come up with a verse, pull it out of context, put together a video and send it out to the world and say, I've come up with a new revelation. That's a lot easier than actually having to sit down and learn what it means and what it, what's what its language, history and context is. But I know there are people that are listening that want to go through that process. And as much as possible, that's what I really want to help people do. So go to BFAinternational.com. Look at what's there. Take your pick, but hopefully you'll go through the process piece by piece by piece by piece. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, I'm, and there's people listening that are 65, 75 years old. Guess what? You may have 10 years, 30 years, 10 days, but guess what? You get a chance to interact with the Word of God. Is there anything more important? I don't think so. Oh, hmm. man. In my ministry, McCore Hebrew Foundation, empowering people with information from the ancient Hebrew sources to... You know, build your faith and defend the word of Jehovah. And and um, com is, is the website. We need so, you on the wall. <laughs> I love the You wall. can't handle me on the wall. <laughs> you don't want me on the wall. <laughs> but you need me there. Yes, amen. Get <laughs> excited, right. Naomi. I'm not going to let you just casually talk. Naomi as well. No, this is exciting stuff. It man. is exciting. I, what, it, what excites me is, is really, you know, you, you talked about um, how easy it is. And it really is easy. You know, with, with my Hebrew knowledge, I can pluck any, you know, if I wanted to, I could pluck a word out and I could say, you know, the, the gematria here, the numerical value, and, yeah. and and I could tie it to something spiritual and make it sound really beautiful. And, Go to a commentator and, and talk and, about the hidden well, things. Well, and, 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 I, and, I could, and I could bring you the, you know, the word picture here. And, and But if you really want to do solid, you know, information and, and, you know, really to empower people with information, even like a one sentence of information might take – uh, it might take actually years of study and to research. Yeah. It's not, you know, I mean, we, we're, you say we're running through these uh, episodes, and, and it's true, we're recording them quickly. But I, I know I personally spent mm. months preparing mm. to come here to, to yes, Israel to absolutely. do this. Um, you know, and, and, and just, I mean, some, some of the studies that I share with the people, uh, they won't see this because, uh, you know, they'll hear it in one paragraph or something. But that paragraph might have involved. What's um, behind it is, yeah. It might have involved, you know, dozens of hours of research for that mm-hmm. one sentence. Mm-hmm. And like I said, sometimes even years. And, and why do I do that? You know, I'm actually preparing a study right now that maybe even by the time they hear this, they'll, they'll, it'll already hit, be out. But it's something that I could do right now and it would sound really beautiful and, and, and people would love it and, and some people would hate it. But what, I, what I'm doing right now is, is spending uh, an incredible amount of time and energy and, and mm. resources in order to get it right, to make sure that every word is correct. And, and, and it's not me speaking, but that this is the sources that are speaking for themselves, uh, empowering people with those sources. And, um, and I, could, I could take a shortcut. I could take a shortcut and say, you know, I've discovered this thing and it's so beautiful and mm. here it is. But then... Um, then I, I haven't empowered people with information. I've empowered people with my own fantasies and theories. Yeah. And I want I want to empower people with real solid information where, you know, I give them that information, then they, you know, they could go check. And I want them to go check, mm-hmm. to go check all the I's and all the T's and make sure they're dotted and crossed. And, um, you know, and, and, and for them to walk away, for the ones who are willing to put in the effort to walk away and say, this isn't Nehemiah saying, this is really what the sources say. You know, I got to say, a lot I want to go out on energy. a limb. I want to yeah. go out on a limb, Nehemiah. You might, you might uh, say we got to edit it out. I don't, I hope you don't. But, you know, it's, it's really interesting. We, we started this out and, and one of the things that we decided, people said, you know, you do this thing that's called the Ministry Minute. And, and you brought up something really interesting. You, you said, you know, sometimes because of the big things that people have seen, whether it's a video or something like that, and they'll see you in the video and it'll yeah. say BFAinternational.com and, and they'll say, oh, you know, oh, wow, we supported, you know, what, what, what you're doing. And it was a bit of a crisis. You came to me and you, and, you, and you really did. You said, you know, Keith, I realized something. You know, the bigness of this thing, people see me there and they go, oh, that's BFA, but that's not actually... 
Uh, if I well, can say and, that's and, not that's yeah. not let me finish. That's yeah. not that's not actually your specific ministry. Mm. Uh, and, and and that's true. And one of the things I want to be really clear about is that what I've appreciated about us going through Prophet Pearls, it's the first time, Nehemiah, the first time where you and I together are actually sharing separately what we do in terms yeah. of ministries. And why that's important, yeah. I think, is because it it's 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 just reality. Right. You know, if somebody says, "Hey, listen, I became a part of Premium Content Library." That you know, that doesn't affect Nehemia whatsoever. You know, I mean, that's not any. There's no financial issue, or there's no you know, other than the fact. Well, that, and and and, yeah. and here I, I'll I'll, con- I'll be the first one to confess that I really haven't done a very good job of explaining to people <laughs> what my ministry is about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've kind of um, I suppose kept a low profile. And, um, you know, and, and I realized I, 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 really it was for me being in China teaching the kids, mm-hmm. you know, in high school mm-hmm. and then having to make the decision, am I going to come back and actually do this? And, uh, you know, just as I was teaching those kids English in, in China in high school, I, I'm, I'm going to now divert those energies and, and go full time, full force into this ministry in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to let people know what that ministry is about. Mm-hmm. And I really haven't done that in the past. You know, I've put out, you know, like, well, you're oh, doing we're doing a good job. Now. You know, I, I, think you're I doing put a good out, job. you know, the information we're doing, the Aviv search, we're doing these specific things, but the ministry overall, I really haven't, you know, in the past um, uh, done a good job of, of letting people know what I'm doing and what I want to do and need resources to do. And, and I've had this not just with your ministry. I've, I've, I actually went in uh, one place and they said, oh, you know, we love what you do so much and, and, and we really want to support it. And that's why we gave this big donation to, uh, you know, such and such a ministry, you know, because I had appeared in a video with, with this yeah. other ministry. And I'm like, you know, that, uh, that's great that you support that ministry. I really believe in it, but that's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help me continue well, to I do what I'm doing. be the case with us. I'll tell you what, folks, do that. I mean. <laughs> But no, you know, the reason I wanted to say this, I want yeah. to go on a limb. You know, yeah. we're beyond the ministry minute. I want to go on a limb. I do want to tell people ministry hour. No, no, no ministry hour. <laughs> One of the things that I do want to tell people that yeah. I have a little agenda about is that uh-huh. I do think about what, what what we are doing. I'm going to give you an example. Yeah. You do an amazing job. You read the section in uh, in Hebrew, yeah. and people listen to it, yeah. and and then we can go down all of these different things, prophet pearls, all this stuff. And I just think, man, how can we continue to help people? And I think it's in the spirit, if I can say this, where we are together is, I think, the spirit by which we want people to interact with the information. Would mm-hmm. you agree? In Absolutely. other words, that regardless of the name of the ministry, what we both really want to do is we want yeah. people to have a solid foundation and we want people to be able to see it for themselves, yeah. to learn it for themselves, to understand it for themselves. And if what, what is the greatest form we love? We love when people, not when they say, hey, I learned this from the Chemia or I experienced this with the BFA, but rather because of what they've been exposed to, they could actually discern it and see it and, and apply it for themselves. So that's, and, and I'll tell you, that's I'm, pretty exciting I, to me. I'm so blessed when I'll speak to somebody somewhere around the world and they'll, and they'll say, you know, I, I just learned this thing. And, and they'll share with me something that I taught um, <laughs> and they'll say it in the name of someone else. And and at first I was like, wait a minute. The, you know, <laughs> exactly. and, and then I realized what the other person did is he he went and he checked all the information yep. that I saw and he found that it was true. And, mm-hmm. and now he's teaching it as his own. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that he's owned the information so much that now he's he's passing mm-hmm. it on to other people. We want people to write books. We want oh, people man. to write books. We want you to go to... You know what someone ought to do? And What's I'm that? dead serious. What's that? I won't do it. You won't do it. Someone ought to take Prophet Pearls, one of these things, the Prophet Pearls, and each one of them and write a book. I mean, there's... And the reason I'm saying mm-hmm. this... Is that the information that we're providing, the yeah. information that we're providing yeah. is oftentimes not yeah. accessible. Yeah. And what we are trying to do is to give that information. I hope somebody would look at a section. Man, there's some things that came out, some of the pearls that came out. People could write a book and they could go to the source and it could be their information. And wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing thing? Yeah. Ah, that would be amazing. Okay. No, we've only got a few more verses, but they're important. Yeah. Um, listen, you mountains. 
Can I continue here? Please. Oh, no, 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 no. Six one. Hear now what Yehovah is saying. It's interesting. It's a Shimu. Shimu. Yeah. The plural of Shema. Yeah, which is the plural of Shema. Shema Yisrael. Yehovah Eloheinu Yehovah. Uh, Hear now what Yehovah is saying. Arise, plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Listen, you mountains, to the indictment. Is that is that a good word there, Nehemiah? Do you, no. do you, you don't like that indictment, word indictment? That's you know it's reeve, which is there's a, uh, an argument against mm-hmm. or a, a strife. He's got. KJV says controversy. Okay, yeah, you could say that. All yeah, right. to the controversy of Yehovah and you enduring foundations of the earth, because Yehovah has a case against his people. We're moving to the by the way, legal case terms is, now. Is the same exact word. Yeah, reeve, yeah, it appears an, twice. Yeah, he has an indictment. So of why judgment. they translate once as indictment? One because they case. can do whatever they want to do oh. unless we check it. <laughs> they can do whatever they want <laughs> because Yehovah has a case against his people an indictment, a controversy, even with Israel, he will dispute. We've moved into this sort of legal, yeah. is it fair, this um, this mm-hmm. um, uh, conversation about, you know, what's going on. And I think it's kind of cool. He says, yeah. he says, go to the mountains and tell them about it. <laughs> right. Well, they're the witnesses. Oh, and, and there's definitely, you know, yeah. like um, God's going to bring a, a case against Israel here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my people, what have I done to you? Can, can I stop Go ahead, you here? Please. No problem. So one of the things we talked about in a recent episode was about how in rabbinical tradition, Satan is the kategor, the the, the mm-hmm. prosecutor. And um, and and, you know, and, I, and I pointed out that's actually not in the Tanakh. <laughs> you definitely have him in mm-hmm. in, in the role in the adversarial role. Um, uh, in the in the in the royal court in the holy court yep. up in for example in, in Job, but here Yehovah is the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really dangerous where we say yes, this is the role of Satan and this is the role of the you know the archangel Gabriel and like wait a minute, <laughs> that's that in scripture. Man, here man. Yehovah is coming with a case against Israel and wants the mountains to hear what he's got to say. Can you imagine? I was looking, I was listening, and I know it sounds like a diversion, mm-hmm. but I was uh, 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 watching the Nuremberg uh, trial, oh, wow. a documentary back in 1947. 1940s. No, I was watching. But you were doing it more recently. I was, yeah. yeah, I was watching. No, but it was the actual like video. One. Yeah, the video. Oh, okay. And I was watching it, and and it really is interesting. You talked about Yehovah bringing the case, and and I, the, what's so phenomenal about that um, about that um, documentary is that the world, in effect, is like mm. bringing this case against these guys. Hmm. And I mean, they spent they spent months in the Hemi, and they thousands of pages and back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And then I think about this and what's happening, and I think, of, boy, you know what? What, what? what will it be like? It'll be nothing in compared to that when Yehovah brings the case. When he brings the case, there's not going to be any defense. There's not going to be any argument back and forth. I mean, when he, you know, if I, if I ever am standing in the court, I never want him to be the prosecutor, be the prosecutor, yeah. because how can I stand? How yeah. can, what, what can you say in his presence? Yeah. You know, yesterday we were riding on the train. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in Jerusalem, the, the light rail, and there's this there's this big poster there because you know when you go on the train, when you go on the bus in Israel, you pay the driver. When you go on the train, there's no one there to check you. I've and had crisis with this with the driver. I, you know, I, I it's confusing. So, so there's a big sign that says there's no excuse not to pay for riding the train, and there's and there's a picture there of a dog eating <laughs> eating the the train <laughs> ticket, <laughs> you know, so you're eating. The, and you can figure out what he's saying, right? What's, exactly. What's and, and the message is, you know, don't come with the excuse that the dog ate my homework. Yeah. The, right. the dog ate my ticket. <laughs> and when Yehovah comes with his case against us, you won't be. Uh, no one will be able to say Georgia ate the Bible. I couldn't keep it. You know what's funny about what the you dog just ate up? scripture. You just, you just brought up that story, and you know you can look at that dog, and you know that everyone understands what that image yeah. is. You know, and, and, even though it's not actually and, explained there. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but no one will be able to then say, "Well, I didn't understand the image. I didn't understand. It wasn't in my culture." Like when you stand before him, right. he's going to be no. There's no excuse. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and again, now we're going to get to this. I don't want to know what you want to do here because um, we're going to get to this. Uh, I want to get to verse 8. When can we get to verse or 9 and uh, 7 and 8? If you'll just let me say this. Okay. Six, seven, uh, if you'll just let me read real quick 3 and Let's 4 and say it. something real casually. Yeah. My people, what have I done to you? How have I worried you? Come on, answer me. Indeed, I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of the land of Egypt and ransomed you from the house of slavery. And you don't want that to be the word of the week. Okay. I don't understand. Did we just do a word of the week? No, we didn't. But that's okay. But we will do it in a second. And ransomed you when actually we did this word before. Okay. Um, so we won't do it again. Yeah. It's pada. But yeah. not here. It's padita. Oh, uh, no. Paditika. Paditika. Yeah. From the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and and I think this is what caught my attention. Yeah. It, because you said I have an agenda. <laughs> you, you, Wait, you, is this the feminist agenda? No, again? You're, no, oh, no. You, you called me the feminist agenda. It says, indeed, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and ransomed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses and Aaron. No, it says I sent before you Moses, Aaron. And please tell me it doesn't say in the Hebrew Miriam. Miriam. Yeah. Is that a mistake? No, it says that in the Hebrew. So what do they mean by that? I sent before you Moses, Aaron and Miriam. She was a prophetess. It says that. Amazing. Not often that we talk about Miriam, no. other than she was, you know, had leprosy and, and what whatever. But she led the people in song. And uh, not only was she a dancer and a singer, she, you know, he she says, Christ, yes, give her, give, you know, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. That's okay. not, that's not something that I normally would, would hear or okay. see. So I really did, you yeah. know, kind of really caught my attention. Gotcha. I'd like you to make comment about it. Um, well, yeah, before I commented on that, I would want to go look and see how often is Aaron mentioned? Because I don't know that he's mentioned all that often either. Outside of the context of the of the Kohanim, um, so I'm just really quickly doing, no. But doing Moses a and Aaron are constantly mentioned as well. The ones that went to the, went before Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron. Here's Moses. the homework for people: homework outside of the Torah of the five books of Moses. How many times is Aaron mentioned where it's not talking about the sons of Aaron, the Kohanim? And, and here and it is. For example, Genesis uh, Joshua twenty four five. I sent Moses and also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. So okay, so there's an example. But then what wouldn't count is, you know, Joshua 24, 33. And Elazar, the son of Aaron, died. Okay, so we're not really talking about Aaron there. We're talking about the Kohanim. Mm -hmm. How many times is Aaron mentioned? And I'll bet you it's not that many times. Yeah, but i tell you what. It's more than Miriam. I'll I'll grant you that. I think that's pretty cool. The more the Miriam. Now. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Actually, Miriam is mentioned only 15 times in the entire Tanakh. Mm. Wow. Yeah. But anyways, it says this, Nehemiah, my people remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled. And what Balaam. That's why it's this portion. Yep. That's the, the weekly Torah portion. Yeah, and what, and what an phenomenal story. Make sure you go. You know, I went for a walk today, Nehemiah, and I, I got to ask you another question. This is controversy. You might decide to take it out. So where do you get this idea when, when you, 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 you're leading, telling people about what, what's happened and you said um, there's been a conspiracy and there's been a challenge and there's been an intercontinental uh, counterfeiting counter- <laughs> I am sorry. Maybe I'm just giddy. Where do you come up with that sort of thing? Like, where do you come up with these kinds of phrases? <laughs> I mean, you just That's take reality happens. and then you come up with these technical no, terms. What happened? What do you we, mean, what happened? We were, we were, you know, we did the original Torah program. Where they could hear about ago, Numbers 22. And they could hear about Numbers 22. Which is a phenomenal and, passage. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then we decided we we're going to do the prophet pearls. Yeah. And it turned out that there was um, this situation. Do you want to explain what happened? No, I want to hear how you come up with this term. Int- what did you say again? Intercontinental counterfeiting ring. <laughs> There were people who were pretending that they were doing Torah pearls. They were calling it Torah pearls on different continents and uh, pretending that they were doing this program that had nothing to do with us whatsoever. And it was it was a faux Torah pearls. I mean, so that's man. I just yeah. man, how you come up with. And these again, I, I've said in the past, I think it's great that everybody should discuss. the Torah. Everyone should discuss. Just, the Torah. just, you know, 
you know, just don't pretend that you're doing Torah pearls when you're not, when you're doing something else. Okay. You know, don't call it Torah pearls. Call it something else. Well, it, it just reminded me about that because... How does this remind you of that? No, because when it says, my people remember you now what Bala king of Mormon... And I mean, I'm reminded oh, that we'd we have to go to the original that. Torah pearls from three or four and years ago. Why do we say the original Torah pearls? Because there's a fake Torah pearls out okay. there. Look, it's it's like, you know, we, we could uh, have, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I drive a Honda. And uh, imagine if somebody comes along and he makes a car and he calls it... Uh, Hyundai. You know, uh, no. <laughs> Well, that, that, that's a Korean car, but yeah, which I guess in Korean doesn't sound like it, but he calls it, you know, this is the Honda, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, all right, you know, and it's a guy who used to work in the Honda factory and now he has a new, a new company called Honda, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Honda part two. I mean, oh, it's okay. like McDonald's McDowell's. <laughs> they got the big, do you know, do you know, in Israel, there was a, there was a burger joint called McDavid's and McDonald's and it was exactly like McDonald's. Get out and of McDonald's. Here. And this is before McDonald's was in Israel. And McDonald's su- sued McDavid's, and McDonald's won. You're kidding? No, me. because they had like you know, they had some Big Mac. They called it something else. <laughs> I don't know, but basically it was you know, yeah. Well, um, we're only you know, have a couple of these verses. You said you wanted to get to six seven. Um, did you say I want to read seven? verses uh, six through eight. Okay, good. Can you read those yep. real quick? Uh, six six. For six, me? six through eight. Yeah. With what shall I come to Yehovah and bow myself before the God on high? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Does Yehovah take a delight in thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what is good. Ah, I, ooh, I love this verse. And what does Yehovah require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Now, go ahead. Wow. So first of all, this is homework for people because we're not going to. I'd love to talk about. I'm going to talk the next about the 45 whole, minutes. No, no, the last part. I'm going to. I want to talk about that. Okay. Can I give people the homework and then they sure? Can, yeah. Then they can stop listening and you can talk. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, One Samuel chapter 15 verse 22. Write these down. These are passages in the Bible. And, and the reason this is homework is we're actually going to come back to this in a future episode. Mm-hmm. These are the passages in the Tanakh. And maybe not all of them. This is a bunch of passages that talk about obedience versus sacrifice. We already talked about at least one in Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Jeremiah 7, 10. Uh, Micah 6, 7 through 8. That's this passage. Hosea 6, 6. Uh, of course, these are all the verses in the Hebrew. It might be one or two verses off in the English. I don't mm. know. Isaiah 1, 11. Um, Amos 5, 22 to 25. Psalm chapter 40, verse 6 uh, or verse 7, depending on which version you're reading. Mm-hmm. Psalm 51, verses 18 to 19. And those are just some of the passages that have this theme of uh, of God wants obedience, not sacrifices. And um, and that's basically what it's saying here. But I love mm-hmm. verse 8. Can, can I share a story? Yeah. So growing up in Chicago, we lived um, uh, in, in Peter. We lived in two places. But when I was around 8 years old, we moved to Peterson Park. And literally around the corner from my the, the place where my family lived, um, there was this uh, synagogue. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, beautiful, ornate synagogue, mm-hmm. and it had a giant sign in front of it quoting this verse in English. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of tragic. In my whole life, I've never been inside that synagogue growing up. In fact, we would walk um, a significant distance some Shabbats, some Sabbaths, to the synagogue so as to avoid that synagogue, the one with this big sign in front of it. And the reason is that my father was an Orthodox rabbi, and that was a conservative synagogue. And the way my father described it is the conservative Jews are worse than Christians. That's the way my father used to describe it. Looking back, I, you know, it's kind of, it's funny. Uh, you know, here I am sitting with the Methodist, uh, you know, but my father liked you. Um, uh, anyway, so... Uh, so why is it that we never stepped foot in that synagogue? And part of it was that they were a different denomination. And, and you know, this is, this is uh, 
you know, we sometimes call it the tribes of Israel, how divided we are among the Jewish people sometimes. Um, on the other time, on the other hand, we're very united in some ways. But um, so I remember my, my father, when he looked at this verse on the wall of that conservative synagogue, what he saw is here's an excuse not to keep the Torah. That's what he heard from this verse. What? That they're quoting this verse to get out of keeping the commandments. And why is that? You know, you could read it that way. He has told you, man, what is good and what Jehovah uh, or the Lord, as he, they read it, what the Lord seeks from you, but to do uh, justice and or, or judgment and to love righteousness and to walk humbly with your God. Okay, so the way he looked at it, and I'm not saying this is what the conservatives did. I don't think it is. But but his, from his perspective, here are these people who don't follow all of the rabbinical rules and regulations, all of the takanot and masim. They don't follow all of the stip, all of these 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 minutia of rabbinical law. And then they quote this verse, and their point is, look, I don't have to do this because God doesn't expect me to. All mm. He wants me is to walk humbly with Him and, and be a good person. Mm. So what do you talk to me? about Well, no, that. this is the way, I've been waiting for this verse from the beginning yeah. of Torah pearl, uh, yeah. prophet pearls until the end. This verse yeah. is uh, is the is the verse for me that I absolutely 100% not only love but continually think about and really? I like to go by the I like to go with the verse word by word but in okay. and in English it says and he has told you, you use the word righteousness there and and it actually in the kindness here it's the word chesed chesed is yeah. a difficult word to translate it is hard to translate but I will tell you that when I when I think about it I think about the description of who Yehovah is and how he treats us and 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 when I when I look at this word it, and and again this is where I I've been waiting to get to this because I I really want to I really want to lift this up what says and what does Yehovah um, seek in other words is is uh, Doresh yeah. what does he seek uh, from you um, but or that that if you should do mishpat judgment and that you should love Chesed and that you should uh, um, humbly, I guess it would, you'd say to to go to walk humbly, um, to be humble um, with walk, yeah. yeah, to be humble with Eloheka with, with your God, and or to, I, or to walk humbly yeah, with to your humbly God. with your God. And 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 the thing that I the thing that I love about this is that I just ask myself on a daily basis: Am I am I am I am I walking and am I doing justice? Am I loving? Not just you know being kind, but do I love to be kind? And 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 am I walking humbly with him? And this is back to what I talked about earlier in the in the ministry minutes, <laughs> more than a minute, was that I realized that there's so much about him that no matter how much I study and what I do, I'm I'm just in a in a process of taking it piece by piece, learning little by little, and what a beautiful experience it is. And it's not about being a know it some, and it's not about being a know it all. It's about being in a process of a relationship with him that is. That is about how I love him and how I love others. So this for me, this verse, Micah 6.8, when I looked through Prophet Pearls, I thought, you know what? If we don't talk about anything else, I want to make sure that I talk about that. That that to me is 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 what it means. And your father said, you said that your father said, you know, they're making in the, it, it, almost like, I, I'm misquoting him, sorry. Uh, it's like the shortcut or the way out to not have to deal with the Torah. God doesn't really care if I keep the Sabbath. Yeah. God doesn't really care yeah. if I eat pig or not. Yeah. All he wants me to do is be a good person and walk humbly with Yeah, him. but just interesting. This, this, this is the perception that at least my father had of the conservatives. Why did they quote this verse of all the verses? Mm-hmm. The verse they should have quoted was, you know, um, uh, you shall keep my Sabbaths and obey yeah. my statutes. Why did they quote this verse yeah. from his perspective? Yeah. Um, was that this? This is a way of getting out of keeping. And actually, it's really. And, and the question I have is: 
is he right? Is that what no, the no, verse no. Means? And let me say what something. When mean? I when I when I look at this verse, I I think exactly the opposite of what he thinks. I think exactly this is what it means for me to love him and to love my neighbor. When I think of this, Amen. I think about everything I've read, everything we've talked about, everything on, that Yeshua. we studied. All all no, all the stuff that we talked about in prophet pearls, Torah pearls, and everything else we've ever done. I think about this verse, and I'm thinking, man, what a beautiful thing Michael has written. Mm-hmm. He has told you. He has shown you. He is. He has let you know, oh man, what is good and what does Yehovah seek of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That for me is it. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. And I believe that that's in the entire Bible. You know, it's like, wow, that's what it means yeah. for me to, to, to be in a relationship with him. Okay. Now, do you know that Micah is uh, referencing a verse back in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12? Say it, brother. Okay. Um and Yehovah said unto me, Arise, take your journey before the, the people, that they may go and, and possess the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Then verse 12 is the key verse. And now, Israel, what does Yehovah your God require of you? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> but to fear Yehovah your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve Yehovah your God with all your heart with all and with all your soul, and with all your to keep the commandments of Yehovah and his statutes which I command thee this day for your good. So, so Micah chapter six verse eight is Deuteronomy chapter ten, verses twelve to thirteen. What what does Jehovah want from us? To walk humbly with Him, to keep His commandments, mm. to love righteousness, to love Chesed, mm. to, uh, loving kindness, to um, you know, to, to do justice. This is what it's about. This is the mm. under the underlying principle of the entire Torah is summarized here in Micah chapter six verse eight and Deuteronomy chapter ten verses twelve to thirteen. I know I've said this many times, and you make fun of me about this being my favorite verse in the entire Torah. No, 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 Tanakh. you can't say this. No, we can't agree that this is our favorite verse. You can't say that. Ooh, with it's him. not yours. No, I was instead. I've been waiting for this. This is verse. one of my top fifty favorite verses in the entire Tanakh. I, I wouldn't say it's verse. my favorite verse, but it's definitely up there among my favorite verses in the entire Tanakh. These two passages together are such a powerful image and picture. And think about it; it really is a powerful sin. What does God want from me? Mm. What does He want from me? And He tells you exactly what He wants from you. Mm. Now, maybe to fulfill that isn't such a you know simple thing. It requires you know I have to fashion my entire life around what He wants me. You know, I can go live my life the way I want to, and you know, and and and, and do certain things which. God considers to be sinful okay. and not humble. But if I want to know what he wants for me, he tells me straight out what he wants for me. And yes, there's details to what mm. that entails and how I have to live my life and how I have to adjust according to his expectations. Mm. But bottom line, what does he want for me? Yes, be a good person and love God and love your neighbor. That's really what it, what both of these passages are saying. Mm. Now, what that entails, that's what the whole rest of the Torah is about. Mm. And there's this beautiful statement of a rabbi. Uh, must, and here I can say this is the most beautiful statement any rabbi ever spoke. Um, uh, definitely the number one statement. He, you know, they came to the rabbi and they said, um, "What is you know what, what you know what what you know?" He said, "He actually here's the phrase. He said, teach me the entire Torah standing on one foot, mm-hmm. meaning the amount of time you can balance on one foot. Teach me the entire Torah.'" And he quoted, "You'll love this." He said, kamocha, love your neighbor as you love yourself." Um, and he says, the rest is is commentary. Go out and learn it. Mm-hmm. And and that's so profound. That really mm-hmm. pretty profound statement. I believe that was Rabbi Hillel, mm-hmm. lived around 30 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I'm probably misquoting it. Go look it up mm-hmm. and post uh, post in the comments on achimiswal.com, bfainternational.com. Someone find that and please post it. Mm-hmm. But it really is a beautiful concept. The point here is this is what God wants from us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really simple. We make it complicated, but it really is simple. I mean, and so that's Nehemiah's top 50. It's my top 10. 
So, uh, you know, all I can say is it's, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Okay. And, and I love, I love the context here versus six to seven, which again was the homework. But the point was, you know, you think what you have to do is perform these different rituals and bring this sacrifice and sprinkle this blood and burn this flower. And mm-hmm. come on guys, that's, this is not what it's about. You could bring me thousands of rams and tens of thousands of rivers of oil. This, that's not what it's about. It's about serving Yehovah, walking humbling with him. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm going to end here with prayer. Yehovah, vinu Shabbat shamayim, Yehovah, our Father in heaven. Goalenu, our Redeemer. Yehovah, I, I'm so thankful that we've had the opportunity to come here in this city that you, you put your name on forever and, and speak about your word, Yehovah. And, and that I've had the opportunity, Yehovah, to, to come back from China and, and share with people about your word. That's such a blessing for me. And I know when I went off on that boat to Tarshish to, to, to China, I thought that was the end of the ministry and, and I'd put in a good, you know, 15, 20 years and, and that was it. But Yehovah, you had plans for me. And, and I know I was over in China, I, I struggled and I, and I was on my face and I was asking you, Yehovah, what is it you want for me? What do you have planned for me? What are you doing with me? Because this, this isn't going the way I thought it was supposed to go, Yehovah. But I, I've been trusting in Yehovah and I know that you have a plan for me. I know that you have a, a path for me, and all I have to do is walk humbly, and you will lead me, mm. and I will do my best to follow you, Yehovah. And mm. Yehovah, I ask for peace for the city Jerusalem and for your people Israel. And Yehovah, it is written, "Karov Yehovah lechol korav lechol asher yikra'uhu ve'emet." Yehovah is close to all who call him, to all who call upon him in truth. Mm. And Yehovah, I ask you to have mercy today upon everyone who calls upon you in truth, Yehovah whether they are those who know your name, Yehovah, or maybe those who mispronounce your name, or don't even know your name at all, who call upon the name of another God, as it says in Psalm 44, a foreign God in a foreign land, and they think they're calling upon you, but they don't know any better, Yehovah. It says that you will examine their hearts, mm-hmm. and you will know their, their spirit, and, you will, and you will, you'll have mercy on them, because you're that merciful. You have that much chesed for mankind for your creations, for those who you have formed and fashioned. And, and you love us. I know you love us, Yehovah. And I'm so thankful for these words, these these love letters that were written by your prophets, that were written with your words. These prophets came and wrote these words. Now we can open them up and, and read them and see how much you love us. And I'm grateful for that, Yehovah. I ask that you continue to guide us as we share the prophet pearls and we continue about in our ministries. In your holy name, Yehovah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com.